You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. In this podcast, we're diving into our new Bible study, the Find series, which is for individuals needing definition. Pastor Aaron Caton dives into the life of Jesus Christ and looks at habits in his life. We're going to learn how to use these same habits in our day-to-day life to define who we are in Him. Well, tonight is our last night for find. Find is for individuals needing definition. The definition, we've been looking at Jesus. We've been looking at his habits, and hopefully that we can apply these habits to our lives. We've looked at community and and how he was committed to community. And, And he said, get in a community that doesn't pull you down. Get in a community that's going to help lift you up to Jesus, that's going to help you get where you want to go but where you can help them also. We've looked at how he studied scripture and how he conquered the adversary, the devil, by using the word of God. We've we've looked at how he prayed and how he taught us to pray. We've looked at at isolation and how how he liked to be in isolation and meditation with God, but how he'll show up in the middle of your isolation and help you through whatever storm you're going through. And tonight we're, we're gonna look at Jesus in the church. And the church is Jesus, amen? So tonight in Romans 10 and 17, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. In James 1 and 22, it says, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Romans 2 and 13, it says, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. We're saved by grace through faith. We live by grace with faith in Christ Jesus, not by the law. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Salvation's a miracle. Salvation is the best miracle that you'll ever receive in life because you're bound for heaven. You're no longer bound and damned for hell, but you have a home that he went away to prepare a mansion for you, amen? It's God's righteousness. That salvation is God's righteousness working in us to make us more righteous. When we said yes, whenever he was knocking at our heart, whenever he was drawing us, it was our miracle. It was my miracle. It was your miracle. We're redeemed. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed from sin, sickness, and poverty. We're redeemed from from sin by the blood that was shed on the cross. We're redeemed from sickness because of the stripes. By his stripes, I'm healed. We're redeemed from poverty because we listened to Malachi 3 and we sow and we tithe and, and we allow God to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we can't control because we want to be obedient to God. Amen. His divine power has raised us from death. With Jesus' obedience to the cross and the resurrection, we are now the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. The church, Matthew 7 and 24, he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. I like that. Just right off the bat. Whosoever heareth the saying of mine and doeth them. He says, don't be hearers. Hear the word, but be doers of the word. Amen. He says, I will liken unto you as a wise man. You want to get wise? Hear the word. Do the word. And he which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat up on the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. 
We must believe in God. We must believe in Christ Jesus as our Savior. But the church is more than salvation. Our relationship with God is more than salvation. We have to be hearers and doers. For this is what strengthens our foundation. That trust that we build in Christ Jesus is because we're a doer. Every time that we, do, we have a do action in our life with God, it builds our foundation. Every time that he asks us to step out and do something, it builds that foundation stronger and stronger. You're just getting strengthened by the Holy Spirit. You're getting strengthened by God. You're becoming more of Jesus every day. You know, my mom's house is built on stone pillars. And it's old. I mean, this house is from the 1900. And, and whenever it starts teetering, you kind of got to jack it up and put a new stone or two underneath of it to try to level it out. Because if you don't, I mean, right now, you can walk into her dining room and you kind of run to the back wall. Not by, her, not by her mistake or her fault. It's just the way the house is settling. So our foundation can settle. But if we don't get into the word of God and pick ourselves back up, yeah, right. we're going to teeter down. And we don't want to teeter down. We want to be lifted up and lift Christ up so that we can be the church that he's called us to be. Amen? Amen. The other part of this scripture is the house that was built on sinking sand. And the storm came and the house fell. Listen, our foundation matters. Our foundation gets us through the storm. Our foundation consists of the word of God. It consists of meditation of prayer. It consists of studying the scripture and our community. Our foundation is important to where God wants us to go and who he wants us to be. Let's look at Abraham. His foundation, it grew a little bit because he said, hey, leave your descendants and come to this land and I'm gonna make you something great. I'm gonna make you a nation. So he stepped out in faith and that was the first do action. Then he said, hey, listen to me. I'm gonna make your descendants as great as the sands. I'm gonna make your descendants as great as the stars but I'm going to need you to sacrifice Isaac. Whew. But it was a do step. It was a do action. He took that step and he said, I'm going to listen to you. Listen, he didn't have a Bible to read. He didn't have a Bible to read. He had ears to hear and the ears made him be a doer. And he was blessed in his action. He was blessed so much that God said that he was the righteousness, that he was a man of righteousness. Our do actions will create us to be a, a righteousness. It'll create us to walk right in the path of God and continue to build the church. Amen? Amen? We see that Jesus calls us to be the church in Matthew 16, 15 through 18. And he said unto him, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? He's asking the disciples. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, have not, he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. God has revealed it. God revealed Jesus to us through the Holy Spirit, through the drawing, through the wooing of the spirit. He drew us just as he revealed to Simon Peter. Amen? Amen? Do you realize that the builders rejected Jesus? In Matthew 21 and 42, Jesus said unto him, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the first stone that was put into the church. 
He's the first stone. Our foundation is built upon God. Whenever you look at a cornerstone, a cornerstone is something that's square and firm. It's what we build upon. Amen. Listen, and it's got to be in proper alignment for everything else to work out smoothly in the house. Amen. So listen, he's, he's the cornerstone. He's properly aligned from the birth, from the death, from conquering hell, death, and the grave to the resurrection. He is the cornerstone from ascending into heaven and setting at the right hand of the Father. He has been properly aligned the whole time. He is the cornerstone and we're built up on him. He said, Peter, and Peter's one of many stones. He said, Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Peter, upon this rock, replace Peter's name with yours. And I say, unto, I say also unto thee that thou art rusty, that thou art kinny, merry. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Put your name in there. God wants to use you. He's the cornerstone, but you're the next stepping stone. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're the next stepping stone to the church because God has called you, ordained you. He chose you because you're a peculiar person. And he made you a royal priest in the middle of all things. Amen? Wow. Be hearers and doers, for we are the church. Jesus loves the church. Jesus is the church. And without Jesus, there is no church. Amen? Jesus wants us to be the church. And how do we do this? How do we become the church? In Luke 10, there's a teacher that asks a question. Jesus asks a teacher what the word of God says. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He wants us to love. He wants us to love. The church, he wants us to love. Let me give you an example. Luke 10, 30 through 37, the parable of the Good Samaritan. There's a certain man, and he's on his way down to Jericho from Jerusalem. Thieves come, and they ravish him. They strip him. They wound him. They leave him for dead. Listen, this is, this is a path that, that is 18 miles between Jericho and Jerusalem. And many people travel it. It's a rough terrain. It's known and nicknamed as the bloody way. Why? Because I'm sure that there's been many times that robbers have committed this foul act. Amen? But Jericho was a priestly city with about 12,000 priests that lived there. So every day there's a priest that's coming back and forth because they're going up to the temple to minister. Amen? So in verse 31, we see, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. He went up to him. And he's carried himself away. That's a priest. That's one of God's elect chosen. Verse 32, it says, and likewise, a Levite. Do you know what tribe the priests are from? The Levitical tribe, amen. So, and likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by the other side. He came and he looked and he too passed on the other side. Look, many times we look and we judge at circumstances and situations, but we don't know what's going on in our own lives. We usually don't jump in to get our hands dirty with situations. And I was thanking the Lord whenever I was reading this. The, 
We had an ice storm today and on the way to South Fairmont, on the way to work at South Fairmont after that overpass, right in a sharp turn, there was a vehicle that was laid over on its side. And instantly I just stopped and I got out and I ran back and I helped that gentleman out. And then whenever I started driving away, I, I started crying because I said, man, Lord, I, I reacted without thinking because what if they would have been seriously injured? What if they would have been dead? What if they would have been in a situation that I could not have helped them, but I stopped. I just reacted. I got my hands dirty and helped them out of that vehicle. That's what God's asking us to do is to stop and help someone. Listen, they've been called. They've been called. They're a priest. They're a Levite. Too many of us, we've been called. We're a priest, a holy nation. But sometimes we let us get in the way. It's all about me. It's all about I. But there's a good Samaritan in Luke 10, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He went to him. He bound up his wounds, pouring his oil and his wine, expensive, expensive stuff, mending this man. And set him up on his own beast. Whether it was a donkey or a horse, I don't know. But he brought him to an end. And then he took money out of his own pocket and he paid for it to be kept. Whenever I return, I'll, I'll pay the differences, whatever it may be. The good Samaritan is teaching us. Listen, we shouldn't be the religious elite. Pastor has a story that on a Sunday morning, he lay beside of a ditch and everybody drove down Route 20 past him. And then he got up in the middle of service in all that garment and he walked to the pulpit and everybody's mouth went because they realized who it was. Everybody was in hurry to get to church, to hear the word of God. They didn't bother to stop. Mm. We should be followers of Jesus. This man was a follower of Jesus. I'm believing that when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, you remember the story? God talked to her. God sent her into her village and came back. Listen, Jews and, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along. They didn't mingle. They didn't interact. There was hostility. There was hatred. But Jesus moved with compassion and shared the truth with the Samaritans. And I know that Jesus taught them to believe in him because it tells me in John 4. But I believe that it also taught them to be neighborly. This man said in a two-day revival with Jesus in John chapter 4 and got taught to believe in him and got taught to be a doer of the word of God. He got taught to believe in Jesus and then he got taught to care for others. We got a priest and a Levi that walked right up to him and moved to the other side. Let's not move to the other side. Let's be a doer of the word and hear actions. Let's just speak it and go with it. We need to move with compassion as a church. We need to help those who can't. Listen, and whenever you start to help people, don't rely on pastor all the time. See if you can help them first before you call him and say, man, I'm in a fix, and then call. But we want, as a church, the first time I did a hospital visit, I didn't call my pastor and say, I'm gonna go visit. I felt the Lord draw me to go visit this individual. The next time Cindy and I were drawn to go, we were, we were the church, you understand? We, we were listening, we were getting foundation strong and built up 
to where we could go. That's what, that's what Jesus is asking us, to care for one another as the church, as the body of Christ. Listen, Jesus, he didn't wait for other people to move. He moved, and he moved with compassion. Listen, even if your neighbor's stinky, hungry, diapered, diseased, hurt, lost, God is wanting us to be the church and move and help them. Amen? Jesus loves the church. Be doers of the word. Matthew 20, 1 through 16, the parable of the worker. A man owns a vineyard. He goes out early in the morning at 6 a.m. and he hires his first laborers. And they agreed to a day's wages, 17 cents. The man goes out again a little bit later and he still sees people not working and he hires more laborers. He hired them in the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the 11th hour. And with these hires, with these laborers, he said, whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. Whatsoever right, that you shall receive. At the end of the day, whenever he called the laborers forth to come and get their pay, the man started paying with the 11th hour worker first and he received 17 cents. And then he went to the ninth and they received 17. And as he continued to go down, those, those that started the day and agreed to a day's wage, 17 cents, naturally in their, in their heart, they're thinking, I'm gonna get a double portion. I'm gonna get a triple dose. I mean, he keeps giving out money like it's candy. It's coming down the line. It's mm. not how it worked though. They got paid their day's wages. They complained and grumbled a little bit. As the owner went out, and got laborers off the street. God has went out and got laborers off the street. He called me off the street. He called you off the street, out of the wilderness, wherever you were, and opened up your eyes to the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Amen? And God met us in the world. He knocked at our heart. And he gave us a choice. He said, choose me or choose the world. The laborers are the Christians. The degree of their relationship, whether they're, whether they're Early in the morning or late in the evening. It's the degree of their relationship, the hours, the ages of those that are there. But listen, it doesn't matter about your age here or your age in Christ. What matters is whether or not you're going to be a worker for Christ. The pay is our salvation. It doesn't matter 30 some years ago, 12 years ago. As long as we're working for God and trying to build the church, that's all that matters to Jesus is that we share the good news of the gospel and that there's only one way to heaven. Amen? They all believe for the reward, just as we have all believed for our reward, eternal life, salvation. Jesus called us to be different from the world. Matthew 9 and 37, then saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Stay humble, stay hungry for the lost. Keep encouraging your brother and sister in Christ and pray unto the Lord of harvest. Send me, I'll go. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Just send me, Lord God. Prepare my heart, prepare their heart because I'm willing to talk about you to anybody that you put in my path. Amen? That's what he's asking. He's asking for labors. Matthew 16, 24 through 27, he says, carry your cross. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Your relationship with God matters. It impacts your interests. Can I tell you, without this fan up here blowing on you, it is hot. <laughs> your relationship with God matters. It impacts your interests. 
what your desires are. We truly have to be about the things of God and not the things of man or this world. Our benefits are based off of our, poor, our personal choices. Our benefits are meeting the conditions of God. You can't hide your sin. You can hide your sin from me, from pastor, from your family, from your friends, but you cannot hide it from God. Your sin is seen by God. In order to, to be a follower of Christ, you have to walk steadfast. You can't be in drunkenness. You can't be in addiction. You can't be in fornication, homosexuality. You cannot be in these things if you want to be called the body of Christ. It is plain as day. It's written in the word of God, and he said it. He said, carry your cross. Carrying your cross means that you need to have self-discipline, that anything that is contrary to the word of God, you walk away from it because you want to be of the church. You want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Anything that's leading you away, anything that's separating you from Christ Jesus needs to be separated from you. Amen? We can't separate from God if we want to be the church. Listen, it's, it's a life choice. It's not when it's easy. It's not when it's convenient. It's not when you get a bad doctor's report and you come in here and you kneel down and the hand of God touches you and you walk out. This, being the church, is following God every day of your life. You wake up, you praise him. You wake up, you glorify, you magnify him. You ask him and tell him who he is. You're my creator, I love you. You're Jehovah Jireh, I love you. You're Jehovah Rapha, I love you. You're Jehovah Sidkenu, you're my righteousness. Amen, you tell him. Who he is, you remind him. And then you ask him for your desires. But he said, carry your cross. Don't be ashamed of Christ Jesus. He's not ashamed of you. He was never ashamed of you from the minute you walked in provenient grace. He had his hand upon you every time that you walked out of your mom and dad's house from the time you were this big to the time you are now. He loves you. You walk in grace every day of your life. We, we slid halfway across the overpass on 279 this morning. God had his hand upon me. Amen. Many of you came in this morning telling a story. Yeah, I slid sideways. Yeah, I slid down my hill. That was the grace of God keeping us from those guardrails, Walter. Amen. John 15, 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that we love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus' commandment to us is to do exactly as the Father gave to him to love one another to the extent that he loved us. Amen. That we should lay down our lives for others. The church, the church to be Christ-like is to be in servanthood. Jesus chose to serve. Service and sacrifice are two essential elements of our reconciliation to Christ Jesus. As we learn in Jesus's life, humbled service offered by obedience to God and to love others is a powerful way to break strongholds, to destroy the bonds that have people locked down by loving people. The measure of success as a Christ follower, the measure of success as the church is not how we rule over people, but how we serve one another, how we put our hand out for one another, how we help one another. Jesus came not to be served. Servanthood is not slavery. Servanthood is voluntarily. It's whether or not you want to be a pew sitter or be a do guy or girl. All you got to do is just ask. There's places all over this facility, but you're the church. 
This is just a building. God wants you to go forth into the world and put his plan in action. Amen? We're motivated by God's love. Not just his love for us, but the love that we have for him. As the church and as faithful servants, we should be, de- we should be devoted and delightful in caring for others, for their prosperity, for their well-being. No matter what's going on in our life, if we want to see people prosper, we need to be the church. If we want to be a friend of Jesus, we need to be the church. Amen? He commissions us in Mark 16, 15 through 20. And he said unto them, Go you in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't know where your world is. Whether it's just home, whether it's church, whether it's work, I don't know where your world is. But he's commissioned us, wherever our world is, to go and preach the gospel. And then he says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So what's that mean? He's saying, Whenever we go into our world and we preach the good news, also try to lead them to the good news. Jesus, that they'll receive salvation. Then we'll worry about baptism. But those that don't believe will be damned. And he continues saying, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up servants. The only one that I would like to take up was the one that was in the Garden of Eden. And I like to smash his head. They shall take up servants and they drink anything deadly. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto him, under under them, he was received up into heaven and set at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. God has ordained us. He has commissioned us to preach the gospel into our world. Not only that, but he's saying, in your world, you have the ability. If you take the limitation off of me, but see, you gotta be a doer of the word of God. You gotta be able to go where he wants you to go. You gotta be able to step into your world and say, man, his back is hurting him. He's been complaining for three days and I'm just gonna lay hands on him and pray. And I'm gonna trust God and see what takes place. That's, That's the God that we have. He says, take off the limitations. Trust me, in your world, wherever it's at. Listen, I remember being at the pizza joint and and this young lady came in and she said, my ear is just, I don't know what's going on. And I didn't lay hands on her. But let me tell you, while she was doing dishes, I stood back there and I just pointed a hand and I just started praying for this young lady. And before the shift was over, she came back and she said, man, I don't know what's going on, but my ear is healed. It, It ain't hurting no more. Praise God, that was my world. I took Jesus into my world. You take Jesus into your world and see what happens. He said, go into your world and preach the gospel. He said, lay hands on them. Listen, remember the disciples. They couldn't cast out the demon from the boy. And Jesus said, ye of little faith. We may not all have the faith to lay hands. The disciples disappointed Jesus at the same time. So don't, be, don't think that you're disappointing Jesus because he loves you no matter who you are. But you take the faith to lay hands on somebody and you allow God to do it because it's all God. It's not you. 
And don't get conceited and don't get prideful. I remember the first time that he asked me to move on somebody that was going to have back surgery and I didn't move. And he whipped me. Allow the spirit to draw you and to move you in the areas that he wants to move you in in your life. To preach the gospel. To share it with whomever is in your world. Allow him to sow that seed. And and whenever he opens a door, all you got to do is open your mouth. And you'll be like, you'll walk away from that and you'll be like, man, that was really good. Where did that come from? And that was just God blessing you for the moment to speak to somebody that needed to hear that specific word. Amen? Amen. He said, go into your world and preach the gospel. Listen, in closing tonight, you think about those, those disciples. They disappointed Jesus. He said, ye of little faith. But he loved them. He still taught them. He still encouraged them to do the things that the church needs to do. Amen? And I don't know if you're going to risk laying hands on somebody. But let me read to you in Mark 1 and 41. There's a leper that comes to Jesus. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Jesus and the leper. Think about it. Custom in those days, the leper had to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. So everybody knew that they were coming through. Whether it was a tribe of them, whether it was one individual, unclean so everybody could scatter, so they could walk through. Who knows how long they've been touched without a touch. Maybe it's been a day. Maybe it's been months, Nancy. Maybe it's been years. As a church, he's shown as an example right here. And he touched him. He took him by the hand. Before he ever prayed a prayer and asking him to be healed, commanding him to be healed, he touched him. He reached out and touched him. He ended his emotional drought. He ended his emotional pain because nobody has touched me. Nobody loves me. Nobody has talked to me. But Jesus took him and he touched him. And then he healed his disease. As the church, that's what God's saying. Maybe you won't move in that area of faith to heal somebody. But you can move in an area of love as the body of Christ. And you can heal emotional pains. You can break down strongholds by loving people and by bringing them to Christ Jesus. Amen? If you want to be used by God, you got to make yourself accessible for God. God's looking for a church, a remnant bunch of people that's willing to be moved by the Spirit, willing to do what He's asked us to do, willing to move with passion and power. Amen? God's love is the light that shines from a servant's heart. That was my devotional today. Listen, I don't know where you're at in life, but you're the church and you're called to be the church. You chose Jesus, but he chose you first because he knocked at your heart before you answered the calling. So he knows there's something great in you. And once you accepted him, he released something that was already in you that's greater. And that's the Holy Spirit. So all that we got to do is have ears to hear and put our hands to the plow and be doers in the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Tonight, if you'll bow your heads, close your eyes.
Listen, I'm talking to the church tonight. Those of you that are here, I don't know everybody's hearts. I don't know where you're at emotionally. I don't know where you're at mentally. I don't know where you're at physically. But I would encourage you to come down and talk to God. If you want to be a doer of the word, I would encourage you to come down tonight and talk to God and say, Lord, send me. I will go. Wherever you want to release me, send me. Maybe you're already in a world that you can work in. Maybe you need to come down and have interaction with Christ and say, God, I need the right words to speak to these people. So release that into my spirit, man, so that I can move for you. Because I want to move and I want to grow my foundation stronger, but I want to encourage other people to know you. If that's you tonight, I encourage you to come down here. As they start to sing, I would encourage you to come and fellowship with God. If there's any here tonight that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would encourage you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray a prayer with you. Christ Jesus wants you in his kingdom. He doesn't want you bound for hell. He wants to release you into a new life. He wants to take all your sins, all your troubles today, all of it tonight, empty you and give you the peace that you desire. Show of hands, is there any here tonight that don't know Jesus as their Savior? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful. Lord, we're thankful for Jesus. We've learned much about Jesus, Lord God. No greater love than one to lay down his life. We can never repay you. But Lord, we want to work for you. Minister to us, Lord God, from your spirit to our inner man, that we would be enlightened with wisdom and knowledge, that we would be doers of your word, Lord God. Those that have never taken a step, Lord God, tonight I pray, Lord God, that they would take faith by the hand and faith through grace would lead them, Lord God, in the path that you would have them to go, to spread the gospel, to share the good news. God Almighty, we love you. We bless your holy name, and we're thankful. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 